0: you're listening to childhood remastered this week we'd like to thank video game dads
1: podcast and godless poutine for following us on the tweeters if you'd like to hear your name on our next episode just like or follow any of our social media which you can find at childhoodremastered.com. before we get started this week we'd lastly like to thank joseph and chris over at the saturday
0: morning cartoon boom podcast for letting us hang out with them a couple weeks ago and now
1: on with the show Hello and welcome to another edition of Childhood Remastered. This is the podcast where we look back on the cartoons and TV shows and movies and whatnot of our youth and see if they're still worth a damn. Or not. Or not, which is far too often the case. I am Sean. And I'm Chris. And today we are doing a a special episode uh, based on a user request, user request, listener request. (laughs) User request uh, based on a sure, listener request. Sean's quit the podcast. He's now in
0: IT. Yeah, uh, apparently, no, no, uh, it's a listener from Rochester named Sean, and his I request. I like already. Yes. <laughs> his request is Silverhawks. <laughs> when sean requested this uh through facebook messenger which happens to oddly be where we get a lot of our requests from yeah he noted that he had a tattoo of the silver hawk's uh logo on his chest which is that's a level of commitment i, I don't have for anything yeah um, I'm, I'm, and i have a child so uh
1: good on you man yeah i i don't have any tattoos but kathy has lots of tattoos but uh None of them are media related. They're all mostly artsy full, stuff. Artsy, artsy fartsy. Yeah, and some other stuff from when she was younger.
0: Yeah, I'm just too indecisive to to ever get a tattoo. I think she keeps telling me. To I get,
1: always change my mind. She keeps telling me to get my the uh, the Starfleet logo, the Starfleet insignia, tattooed on my chest. Oh, <laughs> like right on right on my heart, like like the <laughs> like the insignia is on the on the uniform, and I'm like. Nah! I mean, I'm thinking about it, but I don't know if I want that. No, yeah, I can't. Yeah, no, I probably wouldn't do it. Yeah. So, what do you remember about the show? You know what? To be to be totally honest, I don't know if I watched this show in its first iteration. I definitely watched it in reruns, but in terms of watching it when it came out, which was what '86, I think. So, in terms of watching it when it first came out, I. Don't think I did. Uh, when I watched the reruns, though, I definitely liked it. It it had a, and we will talk about this a little bit later. Uh, one of my favorite all time favorite shows uh, when I was when I was younger was Thundercats, and the uh, the show in a lot of ways, sort of intentionally and unintentionally, has a lot in common with Thundercats. So. I'm sure that that played into my to my uh, appreciation for this show as I was younger. I mean, it's they're very they're very similar in look and in feel and in story. So style and style and everything. So I, I I definitely watched it in reruns. Like I said, I watched it again later on. You know, on on Boomerang and on on Cartoon Network, they would play it sometimes. You would you would just catch it here and there. Never enough to say that I saw like the entirety of the I mean it's only 65 episodes so I never watched it to see like the entirety of the show even though it was only like one season of show so it has nostalgic value to me but but very like minimal really I, okay. I mean I didn't it wasn't a show that I was I was obsessed with thundercats so I wasn't this obsessed. was not one
0: that you were that familiar with then?
1: not 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 super familiar definitely not I mean I watched it it's not like I didn't I that you weren't aware it. of it. Yeah, I watched it, I was aware of it, but I wasn't drawn to it like I was to like Thundercats or the real Ghostbusters or Ninja Turtles or something like that. It wasn't yeah. It wasn't a show that that grabbed me like those other ones did.
0: Well, to be fair, when this came out, you and I were like three years old. That's what I mean. That's, I, didn't, so, I didn't
1: watch it in the first iteration. I watched it in reruns.
0: Yeah, I watched it in reruns too, but I definitely watched probably a lot more of this than maybe you did. In fact, I think I watched... This, probably the way that you watched Thundercats, I I have very specific memories of this show as a kid. Uh, More so of the toys, because I had a lot of the Silverhawks toys. They are really cool. You could squeeze the legs together, and then the arms would pop up, and they had wings under their arms. And I remember watching the show, and I actually have a toy out in my garage still of Monstar, the villain. He is... Uh, the toy of Monstar is bigger than the other ones, and some of the toys like were harder to get a hold of, like Bluegrass. But I definitely have toys or had toys of Copper Kid. I had a toy of Quicksilver. I had one of Monstar, and and I think I had one of the vehicles. And so I
1: I I remember this show maybe more
0: than at least some of the people that I've talked to.
1: Yeah, I, I took I when I was when I was doing some research for the show, I was trying to I I've, I've lately in in uh, the latest shows that we've been watching in movies and stuff. I've been trying to find interviews with either the the uh, actors or the production people or anything. whatever. Anything. So I was doing that for Silverhawks, and it's actually very difficult. There's not a whole lot of information about the show. That's why I didn't put any in there. Yeah, but Because
0: so you asked, you're like, when I came over today, I was like, hey, what are you watching? And you're like, well, I'm watching this thing about Thundercats. I was like, oh, that's cool. It's like, yeah, it's really hard to find information on the show. Like, I know. Yeah. Because I built out all the notes, and there's nothing in here. In yeah. fact, it, there's a section in our notes, you know, that I set up titled Trivia... And there's, there's a bullet point that says there actually isn't much trivia on this show. And what is listed on IMDb is all just descriptions of the abilities of many of the characters in the show. Yeah. Which is not trivia. It's like, yeah. okay, this character does this.
1: Yeah, just watch the show. Like, that's not trivia. One of the, one of and the it's, things... it's really hard to find. One of the things that I did find, and, uh, and uh, I, I thought it was a pretty interesting blast from the past... Was I found some old commercials for the the Silverhawks toys? Oh yeah! And seeing those commercials brought back memories. I didn't have a lot of the toys, but I definitely had some of them. The Silverhawks toys, and I and I remember you were talking about where you squeeze the legs and their arms pop up and their wings come out. Yeah, they're fabric. The, yeah, the wings and, fabric. and I remember the I remember the wings being super flimsy. That they yeah. would they that was the first thing to go on the toys. Is the rings the wings would rip?
0: Yeah. They were, I they were like embedded up inside like a little crease up inside the arms, and they would they rip. And yeah. man, the toys are so cool. But like I said, I still have a Monstar out in the garage, yeah. uh, packed away with a bunch of my toys. But... Maybe
1: maybe I'll throw in a uh, some audio. They're only like thirty seconds long. I'll throw in some audio from one of the car- from one of the commercials. Silverhawks, partly metal, partly real, mighty warriors with the powers to protect space from all evil.
0: Blast Shredder too. Stargazers have
1: seen us. Figures with weapon birds sold separately.
0: Flybird. Surgery board. Quicksilver. Activate power wings. Tallywalk. Engage to the wings. Now take them yeah. down. mumbo jumbo airshot. It's hero
1: stomping time. No way. Buzzsaw with Shredder tour. Quicksilver with Tallywalk. Other figures with weapon birds sold separately. Silverhawks. New from Kenner.
0: Yeah, they're pretty awesome, actually. Yeah. So there's the blast from the past from 1986. <laughs> so... That leads us to when this came out, September eighth of eighty six, and it only ran from September eighth to December fifth.
1: Yeah, it was one. That was it. it was one whole season. You know, we've talked about this before, where they do a one season of sixty five episodes. Yeah, one, se- one season is sixty five episodes, and to a lot of people. Who are used to like Netflix shows or you know your HBO shows where it's ten or or thirteen episodes or anybody that watches anime where it's like thirteen episodes a season or even twenty six a season. We it's talked usually twenty six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've talked about this before that that like that seems like a lot of episodes, but really in a show like this and a show like in so many others, not a whole lot gets resolved in those sixty five episodes. You're still sort of left hanging. Yeah, you get in terms the, of
0: story. You get to the end of all 65 episodes and
1: maybe you get some new characters but outside of that you got nothing else. No resolution to the storyline to, yeah. to the and I don't know if they did that because well I mean if you I
0: think I think they did it always on the offhand that maybe it gets brought back and then yeah, they exactly. could do more toys
1: and some more stuff. But you could always Maybe I well I I don't know. It it, it was it's it's an interesting it's an interesting and frustrating time for animation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where where the the purpose of all of this was to sell toys, and they built the stories around that, and and then there's like no, I mean, how many shows have we watched? What was the last one? It was Jason the Wheel Warriors had no resolution. Centurions. Centurions had no resolution. Um, uh, the uh, it's it's sort of Galaxy Rangers kind of had no resolution at the end. The overall storyline of it,
0: yeah it's they, it's like they moved towards a resolution and i think with galaxy rangers they just didn't get a chance to to resolve it so the, it's a show you did like right yeah oh yeah well you know let's you you kind of hinted at it the toyetic toyetic nature of this show um, because of the merchandise the the toys themselves were made by kenner which kenner was the big toy manufacturer for the star wars toys mm-hmm and the Silverhawks toys were done by Kenner because LJN that made the Thundercats toys at the
1: very last second decided to pass on the project. I don't know why, and I tried to look up why, and I couldn't find why. We really need, like a, we really need to interview someone that was associated with this project to find out, and a lot of those people are getting kind of up there in age. Yes, it's going to be a bit of an uphill battle, I think. Yeah. Uh, the toys...
0: Though, apparently, they were all packed with a companion bird, which I don't remember. Yeah, the only companion similar bird, the to only companion Tally bird, yeah, tallyhawk tallyhawk yeah, sorry.
1: Yeah, I was going to say the only companion birds that there were were tallyhawk and then the one for uh, Monstar.
0: Well, there are other ones that briefly appear. In the show, appe- yeah. No, in the show. There are oh, a few that's... that briefly appear in some of the episodes that we didn't watch today, but there's not very many of them. The The second series of, of action figures apparently is like really hard to find. They had, like, an ultrasonic Quicksilver. There was Monstar with a laser lance, which I have one of those. Ooh. Yeah. Maybe it's worth some money. Copper Kid with the laser discs. The, um, apparently Bluegrass is hard to find. Uh, there's, there's a bunch of stuff. I guess the, the Hawk Haven Fortress never got made, although there was talks of making it. Hmm. And most of the side villains never got toys either, but this show had like bed sheets and puzzles and plastic pencil containers and, you know, all uh, pajamas is all kinds of just junk. Like the, the bed tents that we were talking about for Centurions. Yeah. Yeah. They, they
1: had these, had those for this too. This, this show was made for merchandising and in really to know t- video game by the way yeah no video game that's weird. but this was in 86 so but to be fair you know when i'm thinking about the old shows from from back in the day i want to say no that was from the 90s were there a ton i don't think there were a ton of video games based off of cartoons from the i mean there was a smurfs video game but like i like there wasn't a there wasn't a ghost. I mean, there was a ghost. I don't think one. they capitalized on the animated stuff until yeah.
0: the the Nintendo like really hit full force. Yeah, I and think that was that was, was, was eighty five. So, right, but the, I think a lot of those animated like like games didn't kick into the late eighties because like that's when the Roger Rabbit game came out and Teeny Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. and a lot of those games didn't really hit until the end of the eighties, beginning of the nineties.
1: And by that time, this show was already off the air for all oh, by by
0: quite a while. So it's
1: not like it's not like they'd be capitalizing on any any kind of current market value yeah
0: so th- this show is a rankin and Bass production which your thundercat tie-in is is accurate because it's literally made by the same people
1: yeah and this show from all the stuff we most from, of the same voice actors too. yeah from all the stuff that that we found and from really just watching the show this show is literally a thundercats in space minus the cat people minus yeah. minus cat people insert like bird people yeah, so, so just a quick rundown.
0: Silverhawks is essentially a show about a small group of humans in the 29th century that have been given metal bodies and hawk wings that let them fly in space. We'll
1: talk about that. Oh my God. In order to <laughs> stop organized galactic crime. So this is essentially... That, that's,
0: that's the show. They, they're like uh, some sort of space police.
1: Yeah, I was going to say this is, this is essentially like... I wanted to say it was it's like a weird animated police procedural, but they don't do any like... They don't look up. They don't do any. They don't do any detective work. It's it's essentially they're the space SWAT team that comes in at the and end blows and shit blows, blows stuff up and works with this works with this like they're like an FBI tactical unit. Is sort what they of are. yeah yeah because they only get called out when there's re- there's problems and 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 they need to deal with them because Monstar is this is this galaxy wide criminal threat that has all kinds of weapons and, and goons and stuff that can do all kinds of ridiculous things.
0: Yeah. They have all kinds of weird abilities and cool ships,
1: but again, it's, 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 we'll get into it a little further. Yeah. This all takes place in the galaxy of limbo, by the way. Yes. Which actually, now that I think about it, will can probably prompt a discussion later on. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think when I know where you're going with this, uh, so like you said, it's, it's done by Rankin and Bass and Rankin and Bass, did a lot of cartoons, they did a lot of stop motion. So, we previously discussed them back in episode 29 when
0: we discussed the Flight of Dragons. So, as a refresher for those newer people or for those who forgot, we're going to kind of go over some of the same information. So, pardon us, but you know, it's been, you know, how many months now? So, Yeah. Ra- Bass of Rankin and Bass worked at an ad agency in New York, and then him and Rankin got together and in 55 they formed a production company that then went on to become Rankin and Bass, but they originally had a different name. So the two of them worked really close together for a long time. They co-directed and produced all kinds of stuff. Stop
1: motion animation and cartoons. All those Rankin car- called it Animagic. Yeah. All those cart or all those stop motion uh, Christmas films that you're familiar with from like the fifties and sixties, the seventies. Yes. yes. Your Rudolph the Red nosed Reindeers and The Year Without a Santa Claus and all that jazz. Frosty. Jack Frost. Jack Frost, yeah. Yeah. Heat Miser and the Cold Meaner or whatever it was. Yeah.
0: That's the um that's the one from The Year Without a Santa Claus. Yes. Yeah. And they also did The Hobbit, which is one of my favorite all time animated movies.
1: And your favorite The Flight <laughs> of Dragons! Yeah, and they did the Lord of the Rings movies and, too. Yeah, so Wind know, in the Willows.
0: Did you? But not st- the not that one. Not the Disney one. There's no, like an the off other brand one. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've seen it. It's okay. Yeah, it's, uh, it's it's weird. It's weird. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if we really want to get into like all the executive producers. It, that can kind of be a, a spiral in and yeah. of itself. It's essentially ranking. Yeah. And there was this animation corporation the pacific animation corporation that rankin and bass put together that that they used to kind of partner up with japanese animation houses mm-hmm. that did thundercats and this and they also did what was it tiger sharks the one that tiger shark the yeah. one that I, I messaged you about that you completely forgot about and so did
1: i yeah and, and it's a weird show
0: and then there, there's, there's a rankin korean in- house uh one called hanho Hyung up which is uh, they're best known as doing things like Doug um, Mask Care Bears, the movie Yes, Alvin and the Chipmunks, Denver and the Last Dinosaur Dale Rescue Rangers, and the Real Ghostbusters And this seriously Ridiculously impossible to find TV series Turbo Teen uh, No, seriously, if if any of you <laughs> Look, I put it in the notes If any of you want to send us A link, or a flash drive, or a DVD Or something with the full series On it, we will love you forever and if you want to get on our show, this is the best way to do it. I'm not joking because it is – it's a fucking impossible to find. I have looked everywhere. Like you can – try to download it. Try to illegally download it. You can't. Yeah. You can find like three episodes. It's because
1: nobody, nobody took the time – to, I mean, was it ever released on VHS? No, no, no.
0: Oh, God, Well, no. that's the thing. Is it's it, terrifying. Well,
1: if it was never released on VHS, then it would have never been released on DVD, and no one would have ripped it. But somebody know? might have been recording them on Betamax back when <laughs> it was on. <laughs> Maybe, man. So, that's a stretch.
0: So, you know, I've got hopes. They're low. I'm level setting. but He's got... Uh, I hope for a terrifying animated show called Turbo Teen.
1: So, yeah, know, bring it on, internet. Let's do it. <laughs> let's talk about the theme music. Fuck yes. The theme music is really good. It's one as, of those, as you
0: guys just heard in the intro, yeah, it's awesome. It's
1: one of those, it's one of those really kind of bumping 80s music jams with a lot of like synthesizer and a lot of just good.
0: And the animation in the intro
1: is like this fast
0: paced, quick animation that shows all kinds of like heavy detail and cool things morphing and
1: scenery change. It's just, just, it's just kick ass. I don't care. And the intro is awesome. And if you were familiar with Thundercats, which came out, I want to say a year beforehand, the Thundercats music and the Silverhawks music is, they're, they're kind of similar and it's because they were, they were both composed by the same guy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a Swiss composer named Bernard Hoffer. And uh, he also and f- did the Return of the King music for the for the eighties for the eighty the nineteen eighty animated Rankin
1: one Rankin Bass yeah, yeah. So, and and like we were saying earlier that this is essentially Thundercats in space it really is so many of the same actors and producers and directors and composers. like it, basically they took everybody who worked on Thundercats and moved them over to this project yeah I think so I mean there's some there's a couple extra people they added and whatnot but. For the most part, it's it's all the same group of people. Yeah, a lot of yeah that worked through Rankin and Bass
0: for all kinds of stuff. Too, yeah, not yeah, just yeah. Thundercats. No, exactly. So that brings us to our cast with Commander Stargazer, and yeah. I I think he visually is a really interesting character because he's like the the one of the Silverhawks in that he is partly metal. Partly real real. Yeah. By the way, I was thinking about that. That's such like a weird statement. uh, They say it over and over again. He's partly real and partly machine
1: too. No. So I was thinking about this a little bit earlier in the, um, I was actually in the shower when I thought about this, that I shower thoughts, shower thoughts. I guarantee they came up with the song for the intro before they came up with the description of the people. Oh, I'm what it sure. Was. Because partly metal, it, it's like uh, partly
0: metal. Partly... Yeah, yeah. it's it's like yeah.
1: wings, wings of metal, uh, nerves of steel. Partly yeah. metal, partly real. Yeah. So like it rhymed, and it wouldn't have made sense if they because essentially with the essentially what everybody that who is and works for the Silverhawks, essentially what they are is they are cyborgs. They're cyborgs. They're 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 humans who have who given have, up their humanity. Yeah, they've undergone like part replacement and have essentially been, almost their entire body replaced. Yeah. And have, and have been retro or have been uh, fitted to essentially survive in the harshness of space and for like long travel and, and whatnot. So they're all cyborgs, but cyborg, I guess doesn't rhyme as well as it should in the song. They couldn't really, maybe they couldn't fit cyborg or Android or whatever into the, into partly the metal, song. partly real. Yeah partly then that sounds better it's just partly metal partly steel yeah, it, yeah it's, it's just, just it's, they did it for the song not for it to make a whole lot of sense because metal is real too and also the way that they say it it always sounds like it's like you partly metal
0: and partly, partly real metal. What it's almost like he's trying to excuse the fact that they just finished experimenting on a bunch of people, most likely involuntarily.
1: No, they volunteered.
0: Well, that's a, <laughs> that's the story we've been given from command.
1: Yeah. So, command, so, Commander Stargazer, he's like he's like this cop. He's like this inspector. He's like an old grizzled nineteen forties noir yeah. inspector. In fact,
0: yeah. Think their their base the 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 big. It's like a big fucking moon with an eagle on it and their entire base it is massive it's all super high tech and they get to their base and they take the elevator up and it dumps them in in this like long futuristic hallway with like an old like wooden door with a frosted glass and the guy's name on the front of it and they open it up and it's full on like a Dick Tracy office
1: oh yeah and and he's sitting there and he's wearing
0: He's full body cyborg, by the way, with yeah. gold, and then his head is exposed. He's a bald guy with like an eye patch, basically. Yeah. And he's wearing what? B- blue pants with red suspenders and a, a very kind of uh a very kind of
1: loose-fitting white shirt that's unbuttoned at the collar with yeah. a tie, like real loose. Yeah, he he is going he's going for that. You know what he looks like, and we'll probably do this movie at some point. He looks kind of like Eddie Valiant from The yes, Frame Roger Rabbit. I was Rabbit. just thinking about that. <laughs> because, I mean, this came out first, but it's it's that sort of 1940s style, like, private eye detective type. Exactly. You know, and, and his office looks like that. It looks like something out of Indiana Jones. But then he hits a button on something, and, like, his bookcase parts, and he's got a... a Futuristic a, a, nonsense. Yeah, a screen that comes through, and he's able to, like, punch up shit on the control pad. But he, he, he's in command. Yeah. Well so, yeah, I mean I guess he's in command. Well that's, what what he does is he's he's essentially the the the, the ch- house nanny. Well no, he's like the chief of police. That's y- that's what, yeah, that's what yeah. his role is. He's the chief of police, he's the leader of he's the like administrative leader of the of the Silverhawks. He gives them their orders. Yeah. He tells guess. them where to go.
0: Yeah. And he's voiced by Bob McFadden, who was a singer impressionist, a voice actor. If you've watched Thundercats, he was the voice of Snarf, and he was also the voice of the greatest cereal flavor of all time, Frankenberry. And I know that that's a controversial statement, and we're going to get into that in a minute. Which is funny. He voiced
1: Frankenberry. and
0: one of I the- That's what I'm going to say. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> so I know it's a controversial statement for me to call out Frankenberry as the greatest cereal flavor of all time. Because some are going to disagree with us. And we're going to talk about that other flavor in a minute. Uh, So, I believe Bob McFadden first worked with Rankin and Bass back in 1974 on one of my childhood favorites, which is The Year Without Santa Claus. That's the Snow and Heat Miser. I'm going to put a link in the description to this little Christmas-themed earworm. If any of you guys want to listen (laughs) to Christmas-themed music in August, then have at it. Yeah. And, of course, we have to again throw back to him to episode 29 because he was... So
1: Or S- Neville Smythe.
0: And Gorbash, the dragon. Yeah. From
1: the flight of dragons.
0: That's what I was looking for. <laughs> Sorry,
1: I didn't know that's what you were... I
0: that's what been. I wanted. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and the next character is Quicksilver, who's supposed to be the leader. He's like the field commander. He's the, he's the like, Scott Summers or He's or Captain Storm. Jonathan Quick. And which is weird because in the be- he must get promoted at some point. They because- call him the sergeant. No, lieutenant. They a call, lieutenant, him, they call okay. him a lieutenant at some point, and he's he's lieutenant, and then later he's captain. So he must get promoted at some I point, I guess. But it
0: made yeah it made no sense to me. We were
1: talking about this at lunch. The he's military the
0: former head of the interplanetary force H. Yeah, and is the field leader of the Silverhawks.
1: Yeah, and he he's really the first and only one. I mean, I guess the other ones get some at, at some point, but he has the bird companion named Tallyhawk, Hawk, who is a, also a cyborg Hawk.
0: Yes. And he's got this like very coiffed hair that reminds me of, it reminds me of that slicked back 1980s look that guys were wearing on wall street. The kind of like yuppie hair.
1: Yeah. And you have to, you have, if you've never but it's seen, all steel. Yeah. If you've never so, seen the show, none of them have hair. They all have, they're it, all what like, looks
0: like hair, yeah. but it's, it's steel. Yeah. It's very weird. And it's voiced by Peter Newman, who I guess was uh, is Nikolai Jakov on Archer.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> Which I, I always remember back to the episode of Archer where he gets killed off and they're trying to figure out what to do with the body. I think you and I were watching that episode once together, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. But he was also Duke of Zill in the 1988 Felix Cat movie. Do you remember that movie at all or probably not? I do, kind of. It's that's a weird one. If you you want to go look it up, it's it's a very odd it's an odd piece of film history and maybe we'll cover that at some point too.
1: Yeah, he's also the voice of Tigra. Mhm. Yeah, in ThunderCats. Yeah. So basically every almost every character in this show has a uh, has, some
0: sort of role in ThunderCats. Yeah,
1: so he's he's Tigra and and the guy who played uh, Stargazer wasn't he uh Mumra? Stargazer? Yeah, Colonel... Oh, oh, oh. Commander no, Stargazer. no, he was not Mumra. Who was that was Mumra? Earl Hammond. Oh, that's
0: right. Yeah, but we'll we'll get to Monster in a second. Let's finish out the Silverhawks yes. real quick. We've got Lieutenant Colonel Bluegrass, and he is second in command, which I'm confused about, but okay, yeah. so Lieutenant Colonel second in command to the captain, but whatever. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, he's so that's pilot. weird,
0: but he's a pilot, and he... He can't fly. He doesn't have wings of steel.
1: Yeah, all the other all the other Silverhawks are able to deploy these wings that help them fly around in space. And he's got he's the only one that doesn't have quaffed hair
0: of steel either. It's like just a chromed hat. Like it's a, it's, head.
1: A, and it's a chrome he's got like a little bit of a mohawk.
0: Yeah, like a mohawk sort of, but it's just like a piece of metal. So it doesn't look like a mohawk, and then he wears a cowboy hat and plays a electric guitar that shoots that shoots musical lasers. magic deus ex machino juice i don't yeah. know what the hell it shoots but i there's basically the whole team should just be lieutenant bluegrass and Tallyhawk, because the two of them Do don't everything. need anybody they did they, they end up doing all of it and he is like super powerful and he's got a lasso and yeah, and every it,
1: time every time a, a battle happens, because he can't fly he around. He also like, has a red bandana too, which is kind of yeah, cool. yeah. A neck like he wears, wears it around his neck like a cowboy. Um, what normally happens when there's a battle in space is he the the silverhawks are all the the, the ship that he pilots is the mirage, and if you've ever seen like the fantastic car from Fantastic Four. Where each person has their own pod and they fly around in this ridiculous-looking plane.
0: They had the they had the toy for that.
1: Yeah, because my cousin had it. So the 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 mirage is bluegrass sitting in the middle, and then there's four there's two pods on each side of the and the rest of the team goes into each pod. Yeah, they go in this super uncomfortable, like prone belly down position, and they they fly like that, and then it's he, like a B seventeen bombardier. Yeah, position. and then he presses a bun- a button. At, which launches them out of their pods and then they can fly around and do whatever they want. But it's weird because he pushes the button and then the thing's open and then they
0: don't launch. And then they launch by just pulling on some stirrups or something. Which yeah. Is, well, whatever. It's, so, so it's he, failed
1: science in this world. But so whenever fine. whenever the, whenever they're having like a space battle, then he'll detach his flying compartment from the rest of the Mirage. And it turns into like this little fighter jet Kind of sort thing. of that he plays guitar at. Yeah, and and it's so weird, that it's so weird to me. So we'll we'll talk about this in a bit. But when he flies, when he fly when he's flying the Mirage by itself, his canopy, his his the canopy that goes over his seat is closed when he's flying the Mirage. But when he detaches and he's flying around in his he's little jet Kennedy. fighter, yeah. it opens up because he pops out of it and uses his guitar gun to blast people. But I'm like, well, why is it closed in the first place? Well, why is it open in the first place? Yeah, so he's voiced by Larry Kenny, who is probably most well-known for voicing uh, Lion-O from Thundercats. Yeah. And
0: he was also in that Tiger Shark show that I mentioned. He played a character named Dolph, which is a half-human, half-dolphin. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was making it up. <laughs> So when I built these notes out, I, like, midweek, what was it, like, early in the week, this week, I think, yeah. and I texted you, or Facebook messaged you about it, and I sent you a link to the intro, and there's this derpy-looking character who's, like, a half-porpoise, and that's that's his character. Oh, my God. He's also been the voice of Count Chocula and Sonny the Cuckoo Bird, so that's why I said,
1: controversial statement about Frankenberry, but I'm sticking to it, God damn it. Yeah, Count Count Chocula and Sonny, That's, it's so funny. He's been doing those two for a long time. He's been doing them since like... He their... still does them.
0: Yeah, he does. And he's still doing Lion-O from Thundercats because anytime Family Guy has made a Thundercats reference, he'll actually go on the show and voice Lion-O for them in like comedic shit. Hmm. Just because. Just
1: yeah, I mean, it's it's great if you can get the original voice actor.
0: Well, and it's also funnier too because it's like, is that the voice of lion Did he just crack that joke? Really? And then the next two characters are Steelheart and Will, And they are always listed together. They are never, ever listed individually. Yeah. And the two of them are strong and they have some sort of like connection with each other where one feels something, the other one does too. Yeah, they, It reminds me of the twins on
1: G.I. Joe. The evil twins in G.I. Joe. Oh, yeah. I was thinking... There was a TV show, I want to say in the early 90s, where it was two aliens from... What was it? I think it was called. They came from outer space. It was a TV show where two aliens who essentially looked like humans would came down from Earth, and they had this like empathic thing because they were brothers, and they would like when one of them would get with a chick, the other one would get all like the excitement, and their they, their neck would steam. That sounds weird. Yeah, I, but I, they, essentially the uh, shtick is that they're fraternal twins, and they're empathic to each other. They can feel what happens to the other one. I guess they're, they have weapon birds also
0: that are named razor and stronghold, but I don't think we actually get to see them, but they have them.
1: I was right. And, <laughs> they came from outer space.
0: <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you're right. So, uh, the two of them have real stainless steel hearts, which
1: yeah. And the first, in makes the first no sense. You would think it'd be surgical steel, but whatever in the first episode when they're talking about, the the progress of converting the volunteers the two of them have a malfunction yeah where where their heart can't take it so they're just sort of glibly like well looks like we're gonna have to turn use a steel heart for them
0: (laughs) negative readout on the fourth and fifth hearts what's happening professor it's the
1: twins ah it seems we have a problem with their real hearts
0: general we'll have to fit mechanical ones how will the twins operate without real hearts? <laughs> They'll be fine, General. <laughs> now their code names
1: really fit. Steelheart and Steelwill. Perfect. Let's hope our Silverhawks live up to their promise. Uh, we'll soon find out, General. It's like, oh, no, that's cool. Yeah. So
0: they're played by the the first one is Bob McFadden. the guy. So the, the male character is done by Bob McFadden. And Steelheart is motherfucking Janice from Friends, y'all because i don't know why but apparently she did all of the female voices on this show which and there she, weren't there weren't many there was a few but any of the side bit parts too anytime there's a female on the, <laughs> I it we were about her. to say the side bitch parts side bitch parts you know you know how i do yeah <laughs> so her name's Maggie Wheeler she has done a bunch of other stuff but yeah, it's kind of weird that she sort of got her start doing voices for like Silverhawks.
1: Yeah, and right. I mean that's kind of weird. the uh, the The shtick for these two is that Steelheart is their technical the, the 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 female. She is the the technical genius who builds all their stuff, and Steel Will is essentially the the colossus. Th- yeah, he's the strong man. He's he's a big giant guy, and his. His, his big feature is his strength, his physical strength. His
0: other physical feature that you'll notice is they all get these face masks that drop over their face. This looks like a welding mask. No, if you look at it closer, pull up an image of it, it looks like a football helmet. You're right. It's a it's football helmet. It's got a face guard in front of it. It's, it's a little weird, but whatever. It's, it's Silverhawks, y'all. Yeah. So Copper Kid is the youngest member of the Silver Hawks and I didn't know that the Copper Kid was supposed to be a male character until this week. <laughs> I thought I always thought he was supposed to be a male. I thought it was a female character. I could never figure I didn't know. Yeah, this character never talks. He well he sort of he speaks in these like beeps and whistles, but sometimes he'll speak with a synthesized voice. Yeah. He's kind of cool because his hips, like where his hips are in his upper outer inner, excuse me, outer upper thighs are throwing discs that can like cut through all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And he's bright orange with like this weird mime looking clown makeup.
1: He's from the planet of the mimes.
0: Well, I guess that explains it, which is creepy as hell. And, and he's got a weapon bird named Mayday, which I don't think we ever meet. His voice is done by Pete Canarazzi, who worked in the sound department on Thundercats and was a composer for the 1990 babysitters club and he worked as part of the effects department for Silverhawks.
1: It makes sense. It's it's uh, his voice like you said, it's it's beeps and whistles for the most part and then when he does talk, it's just a synthesized voice. It could literally be anybody.
0: Yes. Now, at this point, I want to mention that there were other Silverhawks that I personally don't remember. Oh, I don't
1: remember these guys at, at all. All <laughs>
0: and the first minor quote silver hawk is technically not a minor character since they added him permanently mid-season and his name is hotwing and he is actually featured in some of the some of the episodes that we picked today yeah he's actually featured in the one that i picked that was based And the one off i from- picked
1: oh, he he's was yeah both. no they were in both of them yeah, yeah. you're
0: right he is a african american heritage Silverhawk, who's got gold armor, and his wings are bright red. He's really cool looking, actually. And he is a magician and skilled illusionist. Which is so
1: weird. Because the
0: one time that they show him doing magic, it's a semi-racist thing with a snake charming in a basket. You might as well have said Sim Sim Salabim. Might as well have. (laughs) We've talked about doing that show at some point, too. Maybe in the future we will. But, yeah. So Hotwing is this guy who... Has to recharge his powers every 14 years. Otherwise he'll die. And he's voiced by originally a guy named Adolf Cesar. And then later after Cesar's death, Doug Priest did the later episodes. So Adolf Cesar was was an Oscar nominated actor. For Soldier Story and was in Spielberg's The Color Purple. So he is like, he's like a legit dude. Mm-hmm. And Doug Priest, we've previously mentioned a couple months back in our episode 41 in our coverage of Doug because he's the voice of D- Doug's dad.
1: Yeah. And Phil on... funny. And on uh, Thundercats, he was Alluro and So He was. And he is also famously
0: the voice of Lucky the Leprechaun.
1: So we got a lot of... We got a lot of... Uh, Thundercats and cereal. Yeah, I was going to say... This could not
0: a... get more like Saturday morning, like... Uh, Toyetic, cartoonish. Yeah, it's kind of great. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's so many cartoon serial mascots. The other ones, I'm not. I, I didn't put any notes, as you can tell. I did that on purpose, just for time purposes. One of them's name is Flashback. He's green and can time travel, and he's
1: badass looking. Yeah, Moonstriker and Condor <laughs> both kind of look stupid. Moonstriker doesn't have wings. He travels. He's the one that travels with the turbine, right? He is the friend of the the police like ripoff. They're, they're they're old buddies
0: actually. No, that's
1: Condor. Condor's the guy that talks like uh, he talks like uh, Vic from uh, the one that has the big wings on his back, the yeah, jetpack. That's Condor. I'm t- okay,
0: yeah. I'm, well, that yeah. shows how much I
1: know. Yeah, Moonstriker. He flies with some turbine around his waist. Moonstriker is strike with a Y. Yeah, that's so, how you. That's you know, how you know that they. That's how you know his
0: business. There's also two characters that act as the de facto comic relief. You see in one of our episodes, his name is Seymour. He is a space cabby who frequently says, you know what I mean, and speaks in a New York accent. He and always seems
1: to show up like right where he's needed. He's yeah. he's a lot of Deus Ex Machina right there because he'll he'll show up like in one of the episodes we watched. He just happens to be out cruising in the middle of nowhere. Doing space fishing out of his cab. Yeah, and seems and he weird, but runs into, he runs into the Silverhawks who have been taken way out there to get rid of them. And he's like, Oh shit, yeah, hop in the cab, I'll take you back.
0: Yes, it's theorized from what I've read online in a few places that he might be inspired by Space Cabby, which is a 1950 science fiction character. He's voiced by Peter Newman, who we just talked about. He has another character named Zeke the Beak, who kind of goes with him everywhere and always seems to have fish. And there's at least 10 other supporting characters that I'm not even going to name because, frankly... Uh, I don't want to.
1: Yeah, they're they're just there, and to make toys I don't out of think them.
0: any of you would be interested in it either.
1: Yeah, it's, so there there there's. There's a lot of characters on so many. There's a lot of characters on both sides. There's a lot of good guy characters, a lot of bad guy characters. It's almost almost convoluted. I feel like it's like it's like reading an Alan Moore graphic novel. It's just too much. It's too much. I don't want to have like bookmarks back so I can remember who someone was that I saw like ten episodes ago. I will say
0: so. Let's talk about the villains really quick, not quickly, but but let's talk about the villains just. First in mentioning that there's a lot of them that also we're not going to mention.
1: We'll talk about the main guys.
0: Yeah, the main guy is Monstar. He's this like quintillionaire alien mob boss who escaped from his cell on a penal planet. Yeah, and, and remember, all of the... the He's this just, is, like muscular
1: fene, a feline humanoid. Yeah, he and, looks like a lion. He looks like a character that could have been in Thundercats.
0: Yeah, and Moonstar or Monstar has this... Thing that he like he always seems to do as his whenever he transforms where he goes Moon
1: Star of Limbo give me the mic the muscle the minute. And
0: when he does this, he's like super powerful, and he, he gets,
1: gets like a, he gets like a uh, he, armor exoskeleton. Yeah,
0: that's the toy that I have is is the transformed Monstar with all the spikes. He's cool looking.
1: And and I have to say that Monstar spelled out is M O N up star So like that's how it's spelled in like the promotional crap. Yeah, which is aggravating. Yeah, it's not even like M O N dash S T A R. Yeah, it's for my
0: notes, I just put M O N dash S T A R because F it, I don't I don't want to deal with the asterisk. So. Yeah,
1: and, and remember that this He sh- rides a giant space squid too, yeah. which is
0: cool. <laughs> so
1: it was so weird in the first episode when they show it's just a squid that travels around space and, it's sort and, of phallic looking. And he puts he puts a uh, like, like a saddle basically. He like fits it into this to this thing. chariot type thing. Yeah, it, it's, it's so weird. weird. But it, remember that this show is essentially a cops and robbers type show. This yeah. is a show about space cops trying to take down the space mob. That's what this show is. So, Basically. so Monstar is the, uh, the he's essentially the capo of the of the space mob. He is the he is the guy in charge. He is he is the mob boss. And he is in every
0: episode except for numbers fifteen and forty five. And he's voiced by Earl Hammond and. He is best remembered for providing the voices of Mumra. Mm-hmm. And we previously discussed him in our coverage of the Adventures of the Galaxy Rangers. Because he voiced Commander Joseph Walsh, Lazarus Slade, Captain Kid, Wildfire Cody, and King Spartos, and a bunch of other characters that I'm not going to bother with. Yeah. He has 11 fucking subordinates, though, on this 11 show. 11
1: lieutenants.
0: And that doesn't even include the three outlaws, the bounty hunter, and an evil uncle of a henchman. So... Because of that, I'm not gonna go into any detail them. So yeah. but you know I... what,
1: there is there is something in the show in the very beginning that talks about each one of them, so I can just play that right here. Yes, ma'am Buzzsaw, Mumbo Jumbo, Windhammer, Molecular, Poker Face, Hardware, and the Musical Madness of Melodia. And that basically is all of his henchmen, and remember, there's a lot of them, and each of them has. And some... that actually isn't even all of them. He no, goes, and that's just for starters. Yeah, and and the uh, it makes me think of like the the robot masters. Like each of them has this little quirk, the little thing, little power that they have that that really I feel like a lot of times makes the person more powerful than Monstar, especially what's the guy's name? Um, the the guy that can control the the weather. I don't remember. There's a guy that can control the weather and he has like a giant tuning fork. Oh, that guy. Yeah, it's like Windhammer. Windhammer. Yeah. So yeah. Windhammer can control the weather with his giant tuning fork. I didn't know he
0: was controlling the weather. I thought he was just shooting lightning out of a tuning fork.
1: Well, that's what his that's what his power is described as is he can control the weather with his fucking tuning fork and he creates these like lightning storms in space and these giant space cyclones and all kinds of stuff that are really kind of devastating and could absolutely probably destroy Monstar, but he doesn't do it. He's perfectly fine being a lackey. I, I
0: guess, you know, no
1: aspirations. Yeah, so. and I think that there... They're, I, I was reading about... Um, What's the guy's name? Hardware, who is essentially a goblin from an orc. From he's an the orc Hobbit. from the Hobbit. Yeah, I think I texted you that. Yeah, too. you did. So, Windhammer and and Hardware are look like Tolkien characters. They full on, full on. He is the the character of Hardware. They didn't even try. Yeah, the character to, like, make of Hardware is literally an orc that they put in like clothing in clothing. Yeah, it's. It, you I'm could, not complaining. No, it's a no. cool design. I mean, it is. It's a cool design, but. Kind of lazy, yeah. Like
0: kind, kind of lazy.
1: Yeah, they, they, I was reading s- somewhere that uh, hardware is the most dangerous of Monstar's lackeys because he's the smartest and has the most ambition and the most. So he's Starscream. Yeah, he he's Starstream to uh, to the Megatron that is Monstar. And he's actually competent though. He's able to make his own weapons and take his own initiative and and do whatever and, and can be very menacing just by himself without having a whole cadre of people behind him. Yeah. There it's
0: there's so many weird ones though. Like there's ones that do like roulette and all it's it's just like there's so many just yeah. it's just it's weird. Well let's, let's talk let's talk about limbo. I, okay, sure. Yeah, we can do that. I mean, I was going to say we can talk about Limbo while we're talking about the episodes if you want. Yeah, because, yeah let's, do, yeah, let's, let's do. do it. Let's do it. So the first episode is called The Origin Story. And the first two and a half minutes is a weird-ass rundown that was essentially something that Rankin and Bass, I think, put together as an explanation to executives on the characters as to yeah. why they should market this and make toys out of it. Yeah, That's really what it
1: is. The Origin watching Story... That- Oh, okay. go ahead. go now, ahead. I was going to say the origin story is literally that. The whole episode is how the th- uh, the Thundercats, how the must <laughs> came to be. Like <laughs> delete, where, insert, repeat. Yeah, yeah, where they came from. As I watched those first
0: that first two and a half minutes, the very first thing I could think of, the only thing I could think of was. Holy shit, this show is so toyetic. Oh yeah. Like it is more toyetic more toyetic than anything that we've watched. I would argue more than Jason the Wheel Watch. More than Jason the Wheel Warriors. And I, more than Thundercats, because I watched an episode of Thundercats not that long ago. I this could is see a that. super
1: toyetic show. I could see that because there are a lot of vehicles, there are a lot of transformations. Transformations. There are a lot of like very individual individualistic characters that are very discernible. From the other ones, they, oh, they, I, I was reminded of something that Matt Groening had said about character design. And it was, I don't know if it's something that he came up with or something someone told him. this essentially, if you have good character design, someone should be able to tell who your character is by a silhouette. That's why all of his characters, like in The Simpsons and in Futurama, they're all very... They have very striking characteristics where if you saw like an outline of Fry, you'd know it'd be Fry. Or if you saw an outline of Marge, you knew it would be Marge. Same yeah. thing with Bart. And a lot of the characters in this are like that. Where if you saw a sil if you were familiar with the show and you saw a silhouette of the character, you'd be like, oh, that's Mumbo Jumbo, or oh, that's hardware, or oh, that's that's uh, Tallyhawk, or you know. Or whatever. whoever, yeah. No, that's true.
0: And and there's I would say the first the first actually 49 seconds is a good description of the plot of the show. They fly on silver wings.
1: They fight with nerves of steel,
0: partly metal, partly real. They are the Silver Hawks. of a time beyond time they sacrificed their human bodies modified to withstand the stress of their long journey through space to the galaxy of Limbo sent there to defend the universe against the terrible Monstar and his intergalactic mob and I think it's that way as, as you just heard because because the show is just basically okay robot cops go solve shit out in space and as you're watching it, you'll notice things like like the film noir and the hobbit and all of these other things, but it's it's sort of still like it's just Space ThunderCats. Yeah, and I'm not saying that as a complaint either. You know, I I mean, I'm just before we finish, I'll just say I I thought it was a fun watch. I had a, I had a fun time watching it. It's not as badass as I remember it to be, but it was definitely, <laughs> it was definitely fun. Yeah. And you know, the opening sequence with Monstar trying to open his cell window is ac- it's actually pretty dramatic and it does a really good job of providing some amount of attention.
1: Yeah. So Monstar is Monstar is powered by the, the moon star of, of limbo. So it, it's this, it's this moon, I guess, or it's a star that pulses out this, this energy that only affects Monstar and if if he absorbs enough of it then he's able to transform into his like battle mode where he gets the armor and he gets a lot stronger and a lot more durable yeah and so the first episode is the first the first episode and really the second episode is kind of about that yeah it, it, the first two episodes kind of go together it's 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 the origin of of the Silverhawks, and then the Silverhawks trying to get to the galaxy Monster. of Limbo, and to get to to meet the, the well, commander. The, first. This
0: first episode, like, there's no big battles or anything. Mm. It's it's the the Silverhawks practicing their stuff. Monster breaking out of prison. Oh, and then there's this point when when Monster breaks out of prison, and Skyrunner comes flying up.
1: Skyrunner, old friend. It's me, your master. I missed you.
0: And I laughed really hard. And and in fact, all, the only thing I could think of was, aw, I missed you. So sweet. Yeah. It, 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 it is kind of weird. But other than that, it, like, that's it. It's just them showing their cyborg parts and the monster breaking out of prison. and And then, oh, that's the other thing. All of these episodes have like a weird science thing at the
1: end. Yeah. That and that's their that was their way of getting getting around the sensors to have some kind of value to children. It was an astronomy yeah. thing.
0: And the first several episodes are them going over all the planets of the solar system and later on they get into meteors and pulsars and all black holes and they do all this kind of fun stuff that that I, I actually I kinda like that part of the show. I thought it was cool. Yeah. Personally. I mean, my own opinion, but so, by there, oh, I just wanted to say I couldn't find this anywhere But but I, I was watching the credits And I happened to see the name So I went and I, I looked it up The The guy who was the scientific uh, consult For the like Teachable moment segments Yeah at the very where, end Yeah it was a guy named Dr. William A. Gutsch Jr. Who at the time was the former chairman Of the American Museum Hayden Planetarium in New York And that's actually where Neil deGrasse Tyson used to work several years later and uh if you don't know who neil degrasse tyson is i don't know where you've been living but it's not planet earth so but i thought that was kind of cool so i mean the guy's like a legit dude he has a phd and you know so like they got some real consult on science well that's good which i wanted to segment into your discussion on limbo because that is a whole other thing to talk about so let's
1: go through the rest of the episodes because really not i mean the same thing kinda happens. It's very predictable. Every every episode, Monstar or someone in his in his entourage comes up with some kind of some kind of scheme to do something, and then the the Silverhawks are called in to 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 deal with it. So the first two episodes are sort of like the background story. I will and, say the second episode is cool. The yeah. fight is cool. Because the whole second
0: episode is like twenty minutes of fight.
1: Yeah. They're
0: they're fighting but that was awesome.
1: Because what happens is Monstar essentially assaults uh the, the the whatever it is whatever it's called the the base yeah he assaults the base with his entire group his entire group of of lieutenants and the silverhawks go and and fight him and and defeat him and yeah like basically the whole episode is them defending the base from monstar but it's a cool episode i thought yeah there's some there's some silly stuff like at one point monstar
0: (laughs) monstar tells all of the he tells one of his henchmen to load up the space limos and i laughed yeah, really they, hard they, at they that. drive
1: in space limos and yeah, they <laughs> just
0: look like corolla deville's car but with no wheels
1: yeah exactly it's so
0: stupid Tallyhawk also in this episode is is ridiculous Tallyhawk
1: is op he he cuts through buzz saws with his with his wings like they're butter yeah i mean his powers are ill-defined and they change depending on what He damages Monstar's space cuttlefish. uh. Yeah. So in the third episode uh, called The Planet Eater, and that's the thing about this show too that we should mention is that there aren't like two-parters. I mean, there's two-parters, but I'm saying that the the 22, 24-minute episode is not broken into two episodes. It is is one 22-minute long thing. And we got sort of used to that when we were doing the Disney Afternoon where each show a lot was of times was, it was like an 11-minute show and then another another 11-minute episode. Yeah. So this is a full 22 to 24 minutes of episode and then it, it continues on. So in the third episode, you have the Planet Eater. Yeah, the Planet Eater where where uh, Buzzsaw and yeah. and Hardware use this this essentially trash eater trash eating ship eating ship that eats up a bunch of stuff and then feeds it into this like living planet there's some weird
0: slapstick shit where 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 the copper kid gets rocket roller skates yeah he flies away on a roadster that apparently can fly through space but it's got wheels for no discernible reason and he gets captured but the silver hawks save him in the end and like that's it i mean there's 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 cool stuff with the with the fighting, and it's animated well,
1: but some of the voice acting's a little iffy, but... Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a fun show, Yeah, you know? Then we get to the two episodes that we picked. So I picked episode 62 based off of the suggestion of our listener, Sean, who wanted us to, or who had mentioned this episode as one of his favorites. Yeah, I think he had mentioned it as a good example of introduction of other
0: characters. Yeah, so this... And it e- is.
1: This episode actually focuses on... All the minor, uh, the minor Silverhawks characters. It it the only the only major Silverhawks characters are Steelheart and Steel Will. I actually think Steelheart is the only one really in it. She does something. Steelheart and Steel Will build a giant Tallyhawk, but yeah, then that they can drive inside. But then yeah. Tallyhawk has to ride inside like a fucking Evangelion. Yeah, because Tallyhawk the re- the real Tallyhawk is the brain of the thing. Yes. So the rest of the episode is it, it focuses on. I can't even remember their names. It focuses on uh, the, the the green one, the the gold one, the blue one and Condor, the 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 four that nobody cares about. <laughs> <laughs> if for the names you're looking for Flashback. Flashback is the green Hotwing. wing is the the gold one. Moonstriker with a y. Moonstriker is the blue one and then Condor and then Condor. So it focuses on the four of them I, and, and I didn't watch the episodes leading up to this point, so I don't know where Quicksilver was. I don't know where uh, Bluegrass was. I don't know where the kid was. I so, don't know if there's explanation for these characters earlier, but they're th- not in the episode at all. They're not even mentioned. The, the, uh, the, the commander, Stargazer, essentially treats the, uh, the other four of them like they are the Silverhawks, so like go out and get it, and go out and stop Monstar. And essentially they are, they're like part of the team now, so they're just like down the roster. So you, I guess you guys are silver Hawks. Go deal with
0: this. Well, hot wing was introduced like midway through like in episode 20 something. And so he has several appearances. The other characters are smaller, like more big characters, but they're cool and they, they do all cool stuff. But like, honestly, they're useless. This episode is them fighting a giant sky shadow, which is uh the evil bad guy equivalent of Tallyhawk, the big metal bird. What happened was, is back in episode nine, not one that we covered, Monstar's mob, they stole Tallyhawk, kidnapped him, and they built this evil version of him, which is basically a space bat with lobster claws. It's yeah. very, it's very weird looking.
1: Made great great uh sense for like a toy. I yeah.
0: Guess. In fact, I believe there was a toy for him. There was. For Sky Shadow. And I believe I also had that as well. I think I got it at a garage
1: sale. But <laughs> at any rate, so this is a weird episode that shows that a giant Tallyhawk isn't as powerful as the regular Tallyhawk because you have the you have the Silverhawks in the giant Tallyho- Tallyhawk and they cannot do any damage to Monstar or Skyrunner. And then the real Tallyhawk gets released and he goes and blasts the crap out of them. One time, one blast,
0: and he like owns people. In fact, every episode that Tallyhawk has, that we watched where he blasts somebody, he wins. Yeah, Tallyhawk cannot be beat. He is OP, like ridiculous OP. And this is also a great episode for us to talk about the weird physics of limbo. Yeah.
1: So we let's let's get to the last episode. So essentially what the plot of this episode is, is Monstar is trying to essentially kidnap the the prison planet and bring it to his base so that he can release everybody and they will outnumber the Silverhawks a hundred to one. Are you talking about the last episode? Yeah, the no, the um the harder the, they fall one. Oh, the harder they fall. That's what they're trying to do. And they're trying to yeah, use yeah. the giant uh, the giant, uh, whatever Storm Shadow, or whatever he's called, they're trying to use him to essentially tow the prison planet over to them. Well, and- at, at one point when that happens,
0: they're the, they're towing the space prison, and this weird robot guard on a unicycle comes out, and he's like yeah. rolling across on a on a cable, and they le- they create some slack so that it sags. And then they floor it, and they launch him up into the air. But and they're in space. Yeah, I know. I and know. then he falls into the nothingness yeah. of space. Well, let's t- let's. T- but this is space. Let's talk. This about- makes no sense. Let's talk about the last episode before we. Get also, into all that. of their ships
1: have no cockpit. They just breathe in nothing. Yeah, they don't need to breathe. So let's talk about the last episode, and then we'll talk about the Ooh, physics. Oh God! So the last okay. episode is right. called. The last episode that we cover is actually the last episode of the series. That's it's, the one I picked, yeah. Airshow.
0: And I picked it because... Uh, I picked it because it was a episode that I sort of remember. It's like the only one that I remember. And I remembered it because it's a big airshow, hence the name. And the villains decide to use the airshow as a moment to capture everybody. And they, they go... Basically they have one of their characters whose name Molecular, but it's spelled molecular. Yeah, and but it's, it's actually trans-
1: spelled like with a bunch of dashes like mo-lec-u-lar. Yeah. And they he turns himself into the mirage, the the vehicle that
0: the Silverhawks have, which leads to a lot of like Terminator 2 type questions for me. Oh, see, it, it led to some other questions about them being inside of him.
1: Yeah, that too. (laughs) And the parts where he's, like, talking to Monstar. And do they hear him talking to Monstar? I don't know,
0: but the cockpit's flashing lights as he does it. You would think that
1: somebody would want to notice.
0: you think that Bluegrass would be like, the fuck is going on? And, yeah, they sort of do that to, like, create better odds for themselves.
1: Yeah, it's essentially all of the Silverhawks against all of Monstar's goons.
0: Yeah, and this is a good episode where the cabbie gives him a ride because he just shows up someplace. And they have a cool throwdown, and uh, you know that that's really all that needs to be mentioned.
1: Yeah. They eventually beat them. Like it looks like it looks like the Silverhawks are gonna get they're they're getting beaten kinda badly, and then the the, the, the rest core of show. Yeah, up. the core Silverhawks show back up after they got launched into space, and they turn the tide and they win the day. Yeah. So and do you wanna talk about the I wanna talk about the physics? Let's talk it's... about the physics. So in the first episode. They talk about the volunteers who, the volunteers for the Silver Hawk program or whatever it was called, who have been modified to be able to survive the long trips and the harshness of space and and, and what and the increased demands of their new job. Yeah, so they're essentially turned into cyborgs, which that makes sense to me. As crazy as be turning someone into a cyborg is, it makes sense. That most of their body was replaced so that they can essentially do stuff in space that they would not need to breathe air, eat food, do all that crap. In their case, I get it. Yeah. Makes sense. I'm on board. But. But. But the same cannot be said of all of all of Monstar's goons and literally everyone else who exists in this part of the galaxy.
0: Yeah, the cab driver. Anybody? They all just like they open doors up on shifts. They there's re- no. They
1: roll down the window in the cab and like stick their head out.
0: There's no pressurization of cabins. There's nothing. And and they it shows them doing things like talking, which means that they have vocal cords, which means they're taking in some sort of something that passes along the vocal cords. I, you know, and I you, just, you
1: mentioned you mentioned the uh, the, the the robot on the, the unicycle. Well, you mentioned that, but the the villains essentially driving in Cruella de uh Cars, con- like, convertible. Open? It, they're all Yeah, they're all open-top limousines. And they're traveling
0: across the galaxy, so mm-hmm. I, I imagine that they have some sort of, like, warp ability or
1: something. Yeah, with Monstar, it makes some sense. Some sort of FTL travel that they do with no cockpit? Yeah. one With Monstar, it kind of makes sense, because he's all armored, so there could be some kind of, like, Darth Vader-type life support thing in there. And but I'll even got- give Skyrunner his space squid Billy he's a, some he's something. A space squid. He's literally just a squid that floats around in space. But then you've got people like Melodia, who is literally just a human. She's my daughter's favorite, by the way. Oh, of she she loves
0: Melodia. So Melodia you- plays a guitar, by the way. Yeah, so 80s. Super 80s. She actually has a musical battle with bluegrass and his guitar. Yeah. And they shoot music... They, like music bars with notes on them out of the ends of their weapons that collide in like some sort of Ghostbuster battle.
1: Yeah. And, yeah. and his his stuff is blue and her, her beams red. are red. And then like you also have hardware or what's the guy's name Time Time Stopper there was just a, a person he,
0: with who's voiced also by Lionel, but it's like a weird Australian
1: yeah. version of Lionel. But he's he they're they're just they're people. Like there's robots. Like Buzzsaw's a robot, so that doesn't matter. And then you've got Molecular who has complete control over the molecular structure of his body, so I guess you could assume that he can convert his lungs into something. I don't know. But yeah, like the the physics of this universe are so freaking weird. Like people don't need to breathe in space. They don't need oxygen in space. I mean, there is oxygen in space, yeah. apparently. And
0: I and I guess the they're the Silverhawks are immortal. Because in the first episode, they talk about Quicksilver mentioned something about, well, this is our home for the next
1: couple hundred years. Which I guess makes sense if they were if They're cyborgs. If they're cyborgs. Okay. But then there's other stuff, like you mentioned. Gravity. People when they when they fall out of spaceships like in one of the episodes i think it was in episode three the planet eater so when the planet eater goes and eats a freighter the two little spider guys that are that are in the the freighter literally jump out of the freighter and they fall down to the ground in the parachutes they jump out in parachutes and they're just floating down and then that's when the the cab driver finds them and they're floating in space and i think in the second episode tally hawk
0: hits Monstar with his his op beam and, and knocks him out and he falls down into
1: space? Yeah. Like... Everybody th- falls down. And that's one of the things with... That's one of the... And it, it, I know it happens in multiple episodes. It happened in the episode with... Uh, the Your episode. The, the air show episode. When Molecular turned... When he was in the... They're In like, like the an Mir- asteroid belt. Yeah, and, he turns and, back and into himself. Yeah. He turns back into Molecular instead of being the Mirage... And he starts oh, – they all start falling, but then the rest of them are able to deploy their wings. And you have Bluegrass who's falling down going like, okay, guys, you know I can't fly, right? You got to come get me. Yeah. It's 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 super weird. And,
0: you know, as a little kid, I don't remember being bothered by it. But I'd imagine even kids today might go, that's weird. He falls in space. Yeah. Like if it's like a kid who's old enough to know better, they might be confused even.
1: Yeah, they, he, they fall in space. they there. I mean, I was actually thinking about it as as I was watching it. You know, I was trying to think. They essentially wanted to do a space show, but just in normal like atmosphere. That's what I feel like they wanted to do because they have people. I I, I likened it to like Tailspin, where they had they had people flying around in open top planes. And you had Baloo who'd roll his window down and like do stuff out the window as he was flying, but he wasn't in space. But that's essentially what they were doing, but in space.
0: And yeah, it almost feels like they wanted to do the show like on a planet. Yeah, exactly. But then, but then they said, "Well, F it, space because space." Yeah, it, it's it's so weird. And we what, were we what were... was the thing we were talking about at lunch today? The the sort of um, I guess philosophical quandary if you will that we were discussing today because i thought that would be interesting for us to talk about is it about them converting themselves yeah so it's like yeah. giving away part of their humanity to become Ye- a robot
1: yeah so this this is probably something that the that the that the creators didn't probably put a whole lot of thought into <laughs> no but it, I, it I raises so. it raises so essentially what the Silverhawks are is they're humans they're all well Three of the four, four... Four of the five, sorry. Four of the five of them are humans who volunteered for a program. Quote, volunteered. Quote, volunteered. And I'm assuming... I would assume that it's some kind of military program. Because all of them, except for except for the kid, all of them are all military people. Have some sort of a ranking. Yeah. You have Bluegrass, who's a lieutenant colonel. And then you have uh, Steelheart and Steelwill, who are sergeants. And... Then you have Quicksilver, who is at first a lieutenant and then he becomes a captain. So they're all military people, and then you have a volunteer from the planet of the Mimes. So you would think that it's some kind of weird, like UN galaxy-spanning federation type deal. Yeah. well, I think that's why you said like Space SWAT. Yeah, right. It's but... it's like a Space SWAT. So right. so they they take this they take this they volunteer for this program. And they essentially have their guts scooped out and their brains put into these mechanical bodies that make them more durable and faster and... Faster. Stronger. And place place lasers in really awkward positions, like, mm-hmm. on their shoulders. Yeah, that's it's, a
0: weird... Okay, sure.
1: And give them jet boosters. And What was the episode? It was one of the, one of the ones that we watched where Quicksilver has, like, a smoke screen in his freaking feet. Like I what guess, does that do in space?
0: I don't know. But I was just thinking about, you know, you've got these characters. Are they really human now? Yeah. Or, they, or they, are they truly? Are they partly metal, or are they partly real? Maybe uh, they
1: maybe they keep telling them. Maybe they keep telling themselves that to, like, reinforce that they're still real people as a way
0: to hold on to their humanity.
1: Yeah. No, I'm partly real. No, I am partly real still. Okay. I, I am not just this machine. See, uh, but then
0: what if, I mean, what if that is the software that they wrote for them and they're just artificial intelligence? What they if- They wrote software for them to make them think that they're human because they'd be easier to control. What if- What if they, if they <laughs> tried this first with pure AI and they rebelled and that AI is actually monster? <laughs> <laughs> that would be a that would be a much better story. See, now this is a show, and the reason why I kind of want to to because I was thinking about that today. This this show, there are rumors currently that Warner is working on getting a new Silverhawks live action movie made. Last you know couple of years or so, there's been some talk, and this show I feel like is so ripe for a remake, yeah, or a retooling. I, I... Just a straight copy and paste of the script and the episodes with, yeah, with some it,
1: animation changes. It and never stuff. got it never got the reboot like Thundercats did back. I think in like twenty eleven they did a they did a newer like anime style. Six or seven, or maybe I think no, was, it was, was later, it later than that. that. It it I don't like, remember. Yeah, it was yeah. it was like twenty eleven. They're doing edition.
0: another Thundercats reboot too.
1: That's good because the first one wasn't that great. I mean, the first reboot wasn't that great. That's why it only... was
0: okay. I mean, the animation's cool, but yeah, it was different, but. Yeah, this, I mean, this could have been, there could have been so many cool it's video good, games and merchandise. Yeah,
1: it's a good story. I mean, the, just the, the, it's a good premise. You have these, these cybernetic space cops who are going up against this galaxy spanning mafia. Essentially. But they could, they could expand on all that stuff we were talking about, though, like the
0: struggle between, you know, where does the line between humanity and the other, th- and, the other... and not human exist?
1: Yeah. That I mean, that could be a whole list of episodes that they could cover. The other thing that I was wondering is, did any of these people have families? Because they essentially give up; they don't talk to anybody. At least they don't ever show up. You, I mean, the Steel Heart and Steel will they brother and sister. Which, by the way, they do the super annoying uh, uh, narrative exposition thing all the time where they say bro and sis like no siblings in the history of ever have ever done thanks bro of course you're welcome sis hey sis we could probably do something about th- i don't know anyone that has ever in in the history of of my life has ever called their brother bro or their sister sis my in brother. casual conversation my
0: sister and i do it but it is in it is intentionally ironic so we do it because it's ridiculous and we've always done it yeah. since maybe she was, I think, junior high or high school. And she, and so when she sees me, she will go, "Hey, bro," and I go, "Hey, sis." And it's like a joke, but yeah. it's not like this it's not is like, like yeah, in full this, seriousness. In, in this, in it's real. like, "Hey,
1: sis, we should go do this." You're right, bro.
0: It's like they're it's it's an earnest exclamation. Yeah, and it is it is weird, but I think I think it's because this is a show for kids yeah speaking of which again i just wanted to mention that my kid loves this show now <laughs> like she loves this show and her favorite character is melodia yeah so we watched so when we watched the tv shows because i try to keep her from watching too much tv especially now that we do this show but i i needed to watch the episodes so i watched two episodes yesterday mm-hmm. um two episodes yesterday in the morning and she watched them with me. And then we had some place to go. We stayed the night at a friend's house and whatever. We came back early this morning for my kids' swim lessons at the house. And we do the swim lessons. And then I said, okay, daddy's got to work on the podcast. I have to finish watching these episodes because I didn't have time to do it early in the week. And so we watch an episode and then she goes, Daddy, can we watch more? I was like, we're going to watch more because Daddy has stuff to do. So you don't get a choice. But yes, we're going to watch more. <laughs> and she goes, oh, thank you, Daddy. And she got really excited. And then the song would play and she danced to it. Like the song is like super her jam. She actually made me replay that three or four times. <laughs> she, but we, she watched all the episodes. And then she talked to me about her favorite characters. And she, she also likes Monstar. And she likes Tally Hawk. And so she, I mean, she is full, full blown on board with Silverhawks. When we finished the episodes, I still had some time before I came over. And so she had been asking me also to watch some Darkwing Duck, Mm -hmm. which she hadn't watched in a while, but she goes, Daddy, please, I need Darkwing Duck. I said, (laughs) I need it. I was like, you don't need, you want Darkwing Duck. And she goes, no, I need it. I said, okay, fine. So I put on the two part episode where they formed their like little Justice League with Darkwing and Gizmo Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and so they have that episode, and so we watch that, and then we finish, and she goes, Daddy, I want to watch more cartoons. It's like, you've watched enough already? <laughs> and she's like, but Dad, I need to watch more Silverhawks. And I watch more? It's like, no. When Mom gets here, you're having lunch, and then you're taking a nap. So cause Daddy's got to go. So if you want to watch, you've got to ask Mom. I I don't think she let her watch more, but... But my kid, for sure, was on board with Silverhawks. And I don't blame her. Watching this with her, I can see... I mean, they do a really good job at marketing this for kids.
1: Yeah, and and the good thing about the show, too, I guess, if you have kids, is really, it's not overtly violent. No, not at all. They use lasers, and there's, like, there's little explosions, but nobody ever gets... It never seems like anyone ever gets, like, really physically hurt. It's like G.I. Joe. Yeah, and the explosions on on the vehicles will if somebody shoots uh, a car or something it'll start to fall but eventually like it'll right itself or if someone's hurt they'll eventually like get out of it yeah nobody S- seems permanently bothered by anything that happens to them yeah so ever
0: and and so i mean i think it's innocuous in that regard for kids i'm i have no
1: problem with my kid watching it yeah i i liked no. i mean I, I i enjoyed re-watching the show would you it, recommend it though They'd have to change some aspects. I don't think... It, part of it would work. They'd have to retool some things. Like, I don't think the character of Bluegrass would work. And like, I don't think some of the villains would work. As, I mean, specifically Bluegrass and Melodia. They'd have to change them somehow. The I, weapons and stuff. I, yeah, I think,
0: I think the idea of having a... 1980s, like, electric guitar electric solos. Electric
1: guitar to a keytar thing. And I, I feel like they would have to change the kid around a little bit to make him more accessible to I mean, essentially what he is is he is the he is the children's stand-in. He is yeah. the viewer stand-in for like a little kid. So I feel like you would have to change he him It sort to, of felt
0: blackface ish to me because like the dark orange color of his body and then the white face and then the the clownish kind of mime face makeup.
1: Yeah, I thought that, I, I, I guess I didn't see that. I thought maybe they did that. Because I mean, maybe he I'm was overanalyzing, so, probably. Yeah, I, I but, thought he was, I thought that he had that because they maybe they wanted him to communicate with like whistles and, and weird sounds. So they made him a mime and they're just like, oh yeah, he's a mime with the white and the copper. And Yeah, they, d- they didn't designed really, him afterwards. Yeah, yeah, they didn't really have a name for him. So they just called him the Copper Kid. Like, how insulting is that? If you actually have a name, they're like, nope, your name's the Copper Kid now. I'm sure, he wasn't copper before he went through. My the name is Jonathan. Nope, it's Copper Kid. Well, but but it's Jonathan. He's nope, like, Copper Kid. And he's like,
0: Whoosh. you baby, like that's right, <laughs> that's <laughs> right. I I think at the end of the day, I would for sure say that this needs a retool, remake.
1: Yeah, it needs to. It needs to have some... maybe more so than Thundercats. Yeah, because Thundercats, <sighs> Thundercats, I don't think has uh, has as many like temporal em- elements that you would need to replace, like some like contemporary like the contemporary for 1985 or 86 like the contemporary pop culture things like a guitar or like the way that melodia looks yeah like you could you could retool that and release it as a new character you could still make her music I mean, based if maybe you want bl- to
0: maybe bluegrass could be a like instead of a like a wailing guitar it could be a a synth machine with a foot pedal or would, something it, yeah but yeah I, mean, I don't know
1: overall i think i think it's if you're if you want to rewatch it it's great for nostalgia go back and re-watch for it. for sure um do <laughs> it do it in short bursts don't watch a lot because it it's basically the same plot over and over and over yeah like a, so a lot of the stuff is yeah so but, maybe watch it watch it in spurts of like two or three episodes and then give it a break for a little bit i don't think it's bad for young
0: kids to watch i no. think the advantage is is that there's no toys out that you could You could easily go and get. So if you want a a show for your kid to watch, and you don't want to have to buy them the toys for it, then (laughs) go ahead. Yeah, but over overall, I think it's it it doesn't. For older kids, it's a harder sell because things are a little different now. Some of the stuff may need retooling. Yeah, for younger kids, sure, go ahead, it's fine. You know, the age that we watched it at, that age is probably appropriate. Yeah, you know, under five, six years old, sure. And any kid that wants to get weird and nostalgic—if you got a weird kid, you know some of us do. I do. Then, then go ahead.
1: Yeah, why not? So overall, yeah. overall, yes. Yeah, overall, yes. I'd say for sure, yes. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. Uh, we'd like to thank uh, Sean. Sean.
0: Yeah, it's out of Rochester.
1: For the, for the suggestion and if you want to suggest a, a show or a movie or, or anything else really, if it's if it's like a short film, like we, we have a plan to do a, a fairly short film in the future. Yeah, we have some help that we're enlisting from an old
0: friend of mine that I grew up with who contacted me sort of out of the blue is going to help us with that but there's a lot of stuff that's obscure or maybe stuff that's more regional. I know we have a lot of listeners overseas. Maybe there's stuff that you guys watch that maybe we're
1: not that familiar with. Please send us a recommendation and maybe we'll get to it. Yeah, we we will take we will take diversions from our from our uh, own schedule to to do those like we did like we did with this one. Yes. This episode is coming out, what,
0: mid-August? I think this episode is mid-August that the, it's coming out. Probably. Probably. We, yeah. We're recording it in... The beginning of July. The beginning of July. Yeah. So we're we're a little ways out, but we don't mind disrupting. I I have episodes planned all the way through up to October Yeah. at the moment, but we changed it because we got a
1: request that we wanted to do. So yeah. please send them our way. Yeah. So, if you want to find us and talk to us on Twitter, our Twitter handle is at RemasteredCast. That is at Remasteredcast. You can also find us on Facebook. Just search for Childhood Remastered.
0: Please rate us five stars on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. The rating
1: really helps us out. Yeah, and we'd also like to thank John Howard for the use of our intro music, Nascent. You can find links to his SoundCloud on our website, childhoodremastered.com. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Childhood Remastered. So until next time, I'm Sean. And Chris. And this has been your Childhood Remastered. We will see you next time. Dally Hawk A-C-P-N